0: question for you are you a warrior not a warrior sorry i said that wrong um a worrier it didn't sound any different did it w-o-r-r-i-e-r i I think that's how you spell it are you a worry work does that sound better i don't know um how many of you worry i worry that i say things wrong all the time um yeah you know we worry a lot and if you do I want you to know that you're not alone. There was a study in Britain that found that 86% of adults considered themselves to be worriers. Uh, According to that same survey, the average adult spent one hour and 50 minutes every single day worrying about something. That brings it to 28 days. Out of the year, you spend 28 days worrying about stuff. And that's crazy to think about. And there weren't really any statistics to show um, what those stats were like for um, uh, the the United States. But here's what I know. It's at least that, if not higher, when we really try to break all of that down. And we know that because um, there's 40 million adults here in this country that are affected by anxiety, any uh, different anxiety disorders. It is a 42 billion dollar organization for the medication for treating people that deal with all of these different anxiety disorders. So if you are a warrior, I don't know, um, if you worry a lot, you're not alone. And and what I want us to focus on this morning um, is that even the disciples... Those first followers of Jesus, they had the same exact problems. Louis Giglio uh, summarizes it in a tweet that he had a while back. He says, worry and worship cannot exist in the same space. One always displaces the other. Choose worship. Worship. And although he he didn't say it uh, in those exact words, I believe that that is exactly what Peter is trying to get through to those first century Christians. And it's what he's trying to get us to understand as we read it here 2,000 years later. You know, as we've been going through for the last 17 weeks, in many ways, the Christians of Peter's day faced a culture that was a lot like ours it treated those who lived boldly for jesus christ a lot like ours and in many ways back then it was even worse but peter wrote his letters his letter to those believers to let them know that they could triumph over those troubles that they could truly have worship instead of worry So, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 5, and we're going to read verses 6 through 10. Peter says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To Him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Now as we read this, We find this boldness of Peter really coming out. And as he writes this to those first century Christians, he is telling them, listen, you can be strong, you can be bold, it's okay to worry, but don't let that overcome your true worship. And again, we're finding this Peter 30 years after the resurrection of Jesus. But during those three and a half years that he was following Jesus, Peter worried about quite a lot of things as he got out of the boat and he started to walk towards jesus on the water he took his eyes off of jesus and he started to worry about everything that was around him all of the surroundings he took his eyes off of the focus of where it should be and he began to sink because he was worrying about all of those other things he worried about jesus going to the cross He worried about Jesus being crucified. He said, no, we can't go to Jerusalem because if you go to Jerusalem, what you have said will actually happen. And no, Jesus, you can't do that. He was worried about what would happen to his master. He was also worried in the garden. As they went into the garden of Gethsemane, He was extremely worried, again, about what would happen to Jesus, what would happen to all of those that were around. And he was so worried that he pulled out a sword and he tried to take on a whole battalion of soldiers. One man, one sword, all of these people. And he wasn't that good with it. But again, 30 years later, obviously he's learned just a little bit of how to deal with his anxiety. And he did it in a God-honoring way. And he shares what he has learned about that as he closes out this letter. And Peter, he leaves us with one final thought. And it was how to replace our worry with worship. You know, there's a lot of commands in this chapter. There's a lot of commands throughout these five chapters as we read through first peter but the two that i really want us to focus on here this morning they come right in the middle of this chapter it's verses five and verse six we go back to what we read last week in verse five it says clothe yourselves all of you with humility toward one another now this command deals with exercising humility towards one another and i'm going to come back to that uh later on in the message. But the second command, again, is found in what we read at the very beginning in verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. Now this command deals with humility towards God. And it needs to be our main focus all the time, but especially in this message. That's what I want us to focus on here today. So let's go back and look at verses 6 and 7 in in a little more detailed look as Peter is really getting to the heart of his teaching. He says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Now if you're like me, this may have been one of those verses, especially verse 7, that you quoted that you memorized but if you're like me you memorized it in the niv and when we read the niv it puts a period at the end of verse 6 and then verse 7 is kind of this standalone verse Now, we can pull any scripture off of the page. Uh, We really can. We can, after a comma or a semicolon, a period, an exclamation point, we can take any scripture off of the page to make it say what we want to say. But if a period comes at the end, we're like, oh yeah, new thought. Let me take this one and make it mean what I want it to mean. But that was not the way that it was intended when Peter wrote it. You see, in the underlying greek verse 7 is not a new sentence but it's a continuation of the sentence that begins in verse 6 the other issue is the verb cast in the niv we just read cast and it's read as a verb that we are called to cast but actually it is a participle meaning casting okay and that's very interesting for us and it is connected back to verse 6 where it says humble yourselves So, the idea here is that the way that we humble ourselves under God's mighty hand is by casting all of our anxieties on Him. And that means that it's not appropriate to take verse 7 and use it as a standalone, as many people have done, to fit their own needs. You may be saying, well, Travis, you keep using this word worship, but I don't find worship anywhere within this section of of 1 Peter. He doesn't say that at all. How are you making this connection? Well, I'm glad you asked. So one of the best definitions for worship is this. Worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who He is and what He has done, expressed in and by the things we say and the way that we live. So given that definition, we can begin to see how the concept of worship is found here in this passage. And we'll see in a moment that Peter spends a lot of time writing about who God is and and what he has done here in this passage. It gives us a number of commands to guide our response so that we can truly have a relationship with God and Jesus. So how do I replace my worry with worship? I think the first thing that we can do is to let God carry our load. Let God carry your load. This is the idea that Peter is trying to communicate when he uses this word for casting. Now, this word for casting is only used one other time in the New Testament and is actually back when... um, when they were going in for the triumphal entry and they were throwing their coats over the donkey or, and, and, and down in front of the donkey and Jesus was walking in front of it. So that word for casting is the same word for, for throwing. Luke chapter 19, verse 35. And they brought it to Jesus and throwing their cloaks on the coat, they set Jesus on it. Now this verb expresses the idea of taking a load off of something, off of someone and putting it on to something else, transferring the load, transferring the weight. So as Peter uses it here in this letter, it has the idea of casting our anxieties on God, meaning that we take all of the burdens, that you take everything that you're dealing with in your life right now, and you give it to God. You cast the weight that is on you and you give it over to him that's what we've been called to do we take all of our burdens all of our hardships all of our trials and we place them on god in essence those anxieties become god's responsibility rather than ours the fact is is that god did not design us to carry our burdens God never meant for the weight that you carry every single day to weigh you down the way in which it does. Physically and emotionally, we cannot bear it. We must give it to Him. You know, we are learning more and more about how this kind of pressure and stress impacts the body, both physically and emotionally. How it affects our our health. And I want to say something for just a second. If you're listening to this message and you think, oh, well, Travis is telling me I shouldn't worry and I shouldn't have an anxiety and now that's giving me an anxiety attack. If you, listen, if you deal with anxiety, do not think that there's something wrong. If you're dealing with struggles and burdens and worry, don't think that, well, God just... Must not love me. We're going to talk about that here in just a second. But know that it's okay. And he has made some amazing medications to help us deal with those very things. Don't think that you need to hide it. Don't think that you need to just get through it on your own. But what I'm trying to do is to help you in a God-honoring way, even if it is with that medication to give it over to him cast your cares casting all of your worries over upon him and that's very very in person important for us to understand now this verb again uh, for casting um it's meant to be a one-time action how many of you like to fish how many of you love to fish the way that you just use a worm and a bobber and you throw it out and you just leave it out there yeah how many of you are like the casting the lures back and forth any trout fishermen yeah okay yeah (laughs) I try I'd get everything so wound up and so a mess that then I get frustrated. And then then it's not even anger and anxiety and casting, it's just anger. It's horrible. Um, But I I do enjoy both ways. Uh, There's times where I just want to take my my, my bobber and I want to put a worm on it and I just want to throw it out there and I want to leave it until the fish bites it, takes it under, leave it there. But there's other times that I'm like, okay, I'm going to take that lure and I'm going to cast it out there and I'm going to reel it back in and I'm going to find that hungry fish and I'm going to get it. Oh, he didn't get it, so I'm going to throw it right back in front of him again and, and I'm going to do So in that idea of fishing, we get that concept of what the two different ways that we can cast our cares upon to Jesus. Casting our anxieties on Jesus can have those two different ways of looking at things. You see, the way that God wants us to do it is to take all of our worry and cast it once and leave it there. Cut the line. Let the fish have it. But too many times, we as human beings, we want to just keep reeling it right back in. We cast it out, we reel it back Okay, God, I'm giving this all to you. Here you go. Now I'm getting it right back. God, I'm giving this all to you. And I'm giving it right back, or I'm pulling it right back. And, and so we have to be extremely careful when we do so, casting it, leaving it there. But here's the issue if we're constantly reeling it back in, we're worrying, not worshiping. We need to leave it in His mighty hand, humble ourselves. Again, go back to verses 6 and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Humble yourselves, casting your cares. Humble yourselves before a mighty God, putting it all into His hand. You know, Peter has already written about the concept of humbling oneself under the mighty hand of God by letting him carry the load. He said it several times. Uh, I want to share two of them with you. Uh, in first Peter chapter uh, 2, verse 23, we read, When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Jesus let it go. He is the perfect example for us, and we need to do it as well. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19 says, Therefore, let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. You see, Peter encouraged those who are suffering to entrust their entire lives to God, which is really just another way of saying to let God carry the load. You will be burdened. You will be broken down. You were never designed to carry the load. Let it go. My guess is that most of us would like our lives just like that. Casting it and letting it go. But we don't have the consistency that we would like. If we're honest, we have to admit that our tendency, again, just to keep reeling it back in, but let it go. Give it over to him. Let God carry the load. And number two, remember. Remember. We have three different ways that we have been called to remember that we read in this scripture. The first one is to remember how much God loves me. Remember how much God loves you. In verse 7, Peter gives us the reason that we are to let God carry the load. Because he cares for you the idea of God caring for us is seen out throughout this passage back in in verse 2 we see that we are part of God's flock and he is the the great shepherd Jesus cares for us he is the great shepherd and he will care for us in verse 10 we see as we've frequently in in Peter's uh, letter that God that God is a God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ. Once again, we see that God has called us to be his children, regardless of the fact of how good we are, regardless of what we can offer to him because we have nothing to honor him with. Our lives are a mess, but we have been called to give it over to him. We have nothing to deserve yet we've been called to give it to him because we have an inheritance that has been given to us by him he has prepared a place for us you know I think one of the reasons that many of us in the middle of our trials in the middle of our hardships in the middle of our worry the reason that we do so for some of us as we start to wonder Am I going through this hard time? Am I going through this trial because God just, He doesn't love me anymore? It's probably crossed our mind at one time or another when we're going through that really, really hard place in our life. Does God even care anymore? But again, we go back to verse 8 and peter says your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour you know this is the same exact tactic that we're reading here that satan used all the way back in the garden with eve you see the serpent told eve that god was holding something back because he doesn't want you to eat from that tree because if you do, you'll be like him. And Eve went, wait, am I missing something? Maybe God doesn't love me that much. And we, uh, we do the same thing in our lives as well. We start to question, we start to wonder, well, they have this and they have this over here and here I am in my mess. I must be doing something wrong. We have to be so careful with that. I think the reason that Peter used the imagery of the devil prowling around like a roaring lion is remember what we've talked about and what happened. Christians were being torn apart by lions for their faith. You see, for the genuine disciple of Jesus, trials are never an indication that God No longer loves us. In fact, it's those trials, in those trials, that it shows us just the opposite that he is trying to bring us through something to produce a greater harvest and a stronger faith within us. So remember number one, God loves you. Never forget that. Number two, remember that God is sovereign, God is in control. Once again, this passage is filled with descriptions of God's sovereignty. We see that in verse 6 that we are commanded to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. The sovereignty of God is probably seen best in verse 10 when we jump ahead. There we learn that there will be a day when God, the God of all grace, will step in and he will restore, he will confirm he will strengthen and he will establish his children. In other words, there's going to de- there's going to be a day that God is going to make everything right. We wonder why do why do evil people get to be rich? Why do evil people get away with all of these crazy things? And yet here I am dealing with my own trials and my own hardships. Why do I have to go through these things? And what we need to remember is that God is preparing in you something that is so much greater than anything this world could ever give you. And that's what we have to hold on to. God is sovereign. And while we're looking around and we're seeing all of these things on earth that are happening to us and that aren't happening to others, and we go, well, well why, why, why about, why, why, why? Even if you're in the midst of a trial. When we compare what this 70, 80, 90 years could be on this earth, it's nothing in comparison to eternity. He says, hey, even if you go through those things, it's only for a little while. Because compared to eternity, forever and ever, amen, there's nothing better. So when I worry, it means that I'm trusting in myself more than I'm trusting in God. Then lastly, remember that I'm not alone remember that you're not alone. In everything that you're dealing with, in everything that you are struggling with, please remember that you're not alone. The devil, he wants to get us to segregate ourselves. He wants to get us to be by ourselves. He wants us to retract and to pull away from the church. He wants us to pull away. And it's why that we need to remember that we have been called to humble ourselves before God and around others. Because it's easy for us to get mad at other Christians. It's easy for us to get mad about, excuse me, other things that other people are doing to us. The way they acted in church. They shouldn't act like that. I can't believe that they got upset that there were no cronuts. We had them this week. It's okay. They're in the back, all right? I know. But we get upset about some of the craziest things. And we pull away from the body of Christ and we pull away from God's purpose for us. That's exactly what the devil wants. He wants us separated. He wants us isolated. He wants us alone. But we have been called to be together. Remember that you are not alone. As our culture increasingly turns hostile to Christianity, there is often a tendency for those pressures from the outside to get Christians to turn against one another. And that is why Peter commands everyone in the church clothe themselves with the humility towards one another. The verb clothe, we talked about this last week, Uh, it's a unique word that refers to putting on an apron. It reminds us of what Jesus did In that upper room. All of the rest of the disciples, they're sitting around going, I don't want to wash their feet. Where's the servant at? Someone else should do it. John's looking at Peter. Peter's looking at Bartholomew. Andrew's looking across at James. James is looking at John. They're all staring at one another. And Jesus goes, All right, I need to show them, I need to set the example. And he started serving showing them that it's not just the highest it's the lowest and everywhere in between we've all been called to serve you see a properly functioning church is one in which the leaders lead with the heart of a shepherd and the people follow godly leadership to protect courage Whenever persecution arises Unfortunately because of our pride we're often too ashamed to share our problems with our brothers and sisters in Christ from leadership all the way down But when we hang on to things like that it only increases our tendency To worry and not worship We have been called to let it go To bear our souls and we've seen this morning that requires us to let God carry the load. He is sovereign. He loves us, and we are not alone. As we bring all of this together this morning, I've got some action steps for you. You may be wondering why your bulletin's kind of half empty when it, when, when it comes to looking at the inserts. As we close, I. I I just want to make some things really practical this morning. You'll see that there is all of that area, and you may have been worried about what you were missing. Don't be. What I want you to do is I want you to list your worries on that piece of paper. I want you to think of all of the things that, that just run through your mind, that you need to just be casting on God once you have that list and and you can do it now you can do it at home but I encourage you please do so once you have that list I want you to spend some time praying over that list looking at those things that you worry so much about and then I want you to release those things to God I want you to commit to to letting him bear that burden. Paul writes that, uh, about the importance of praying about the things that we tend to worry about. Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Give it over to him thirdly i want you just to thank god thank god that he loves you in the way that he does because we don't deserve his love but he graciously unconditionally loves you now my fourth my fourth point probably the hardest one of them all i want you to take your list and i want you to share it with someone that you trust some of you this is going to be really really hard but whatever it is that you're worried about whatever it is that is bringing you anxiety that is burdening your heart and your soul don't just give it to God share it with someone else ask them to pray for you ask them to care for you and here's the thing When you get that list from someone else, you're being trusted. Keep it between the two of you. Keep it between the two of you and God. and Pray for them. And just be there. There's not a lot of persecution that really happens in America today. Many of us think that we're being persecuted. It's nothing to persecution that these first century Christians dealt with. It's nothing that our brothers and sisters around the world are struggling with. But as we see the day approaching, we need to be doing more and more of this. And if you're here this morning and you need to just let something go, maybe it's too big just to give out there and you need just to talk to one of your leaders Self, one of our elders, we'd love to to talk with you. If Youth, if you need to talk with someone, Jared's right there, Hannah's right there. They would love to talk with you, pray with you, to help you through whatever it is that you're struggling with. But as a church family, will will we be united in casting our cares upon him and then humbling ourselves not only before God, but to one another as well? we will come together, that there will not be infighting, that there will not be uh, uh, are there going to be those times? Yes, there will be. But be willing to give it up to Him. So if you, need, if you need prayer in your life, if you need someone to talk to about maybe how to approach someone else if you've been listening to this message and other messages and you just feel God just laying it on your heart that it's time to give your life over to Him for the very first time what that means and what that looks like I'm going to be in the back, the elders are going to be the back we'd love to talk with you, to pray with you to help you however we can if you have a decision to make will you make it as we continue our worship please stand